Welcome to our third episode of Win All Day Everyday podcast presented by Prairie Hockey Academy. Uh, last week we had a great episode with the Calvert brothers, uh, Rowan and Natalie Calvert, playing with the Moose Jaw Warriors and Saskatoon Blades of the Western Hockey League, alumni of Prairie Hockey Academy. We're super excited to have them on board and um, seeing how their summer's shaping up with Prairie Performance as they train out at Cairnport and whatnot. So it's really exciting for us to see some of our alumni. We'll talk about how they were involved, um, them and a bunch of our other alumni at our golf tournament last weekend. We're going to have a special guest. Uh, our guest this week is, uh, is Melissa Iracci from Designs for Sport. We'll be introducing her here shortly. And then we'll get into some of that guide and provide topic that we've been uh, addressing over the last couple of weeks. And then we'll end things off on the podcast of some Grandpa B stories on uh, some wild nutrition stories over the years. So looking forward to the, unwrapping the podcast. But I'm going to kick things over to my co-host, Justin Simpkins, and uh, we'll get things kicked off here right away. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Barrett. I think uh, it's exciting to be back. I mean, thanks for having the Calvert Brothers to co-host last week. It was, uh, it was a great episode. I enjoyed hearing some of their stories and uh, just even the, the parental support that, uh, yeah. that they've experienced over the years to get them where they are. And um, I thought it was really neat to hear him talk about Badger Bob to their grandpa and, and just the impact he had in their life. That was, uh, he was a good friend as well. So yeah. um, great week. Hey, golf tournament was awesome last week. Uh, excited to be back here and Thanks for letting me have a week of summer holidays. Yeah, how was uh, Chicago? <laughs> it, was, it was really cool, right? Yeah. There was Connor Bedard jerseys everywhere. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> everywhere. And um, got to go to the Chicago Cubs game. I mean, oh, being cool. in a stadium like Wrigley Field, uh, built in 1914, or opened in 1914. So yeah. that was pretty cool. It was pretty magical. Yeah, yeah I yeah. bet. Yeah. That's one city I've never been to. I've driven through it, actually, but never spent any time there. So yeah, one of these was, days uh, we'll get around there. It was pretty awesome. Great food, great coffee. Um, we just had a blast. Good, good, good for you. Well, today's episode, we're talking about all things nutrition, yeah. and you've got a special guest you want to introduce that you've gotten to know over the last number of years, and, and how they um, have really dovetailed into Prairie Hockey Academy, and, uh, and not just for us, but for elite-level athletes, and even yeah. really grassroots athletes. I think it's really important that we're going to drill down on some of those topics today, and so go ahead and let's, uh, let's hear who you got on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, you know, a friend of mine now. I can say she's a friend. We've uh, known each other for about two and a half years, and uh, part of, you know, even on our table here today with our protein, uh, she's helped us with designing our, our private label um, supplement products for our Prairie Performance and our student-athletes, and so excited to have uh, Mel Arachi. Um, Melissa, or I, I call her Mel. I think uh, friends call her Mel, so we'll call her Mel today, but Mel Arachi from uh, Makeshifts Happen is her company, actually, and so Mel's been in the health and fitness industry for about 15 years. Uh, she started with an emergency paramedic and, and then just started to see just people's lifestyles and how they got to where they were at and just wanted to be a little bit more proactive. So she made a shift into the nutrition side and bit on the front end of things to help us out with our health. And um, Mel does education all over the place. She was at the National Hockey League Strength and like Strength Coaching Conference uh, down in the States here just recently and spoke there and presented and she presents with Designs for Sport Academy. And so Mel, just uh, want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for being here and um, really looking forward to what you can bring for our, our guests. Thanks, and thank you for having me. Yeah, Mel, I think um, maybe, I mean, I tried to give you a bit of a, you know, makeshifts happen. I know there's a funny story about that, but we'll, let's, um, let's roll into, you know, you've been at, at this now for about 15 years, um, really established yourself, and I think, uh, you know, you've got a long list of, I mean, Prairie Hockey Academy, we, we serve 14 to 18-year-olds and, and sometimes older and minor pros, uh, but... But I mean, you know, you're probably even cheering for the Blue Jays last night. You you work with quite a mosaic of uh, professional athletes, UFC fighters, and things like that. Tell me a little bit about um, some of your work there. 
Yeah, I live in Ottawa now. So the big question was, am I going to continue to be a Leafs fan or am I going to switch over and cheer for the Sens and uh, go Sens? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm real privileged to be able to work with some of the uh, sports teams, uh, professional collegiate that I have the opportunity to work with. And, you know, as you mentioned, we uh, designs for sport and some of the education that I've done. We reach uh, major sporting associations. Uh, we work work with strength and conditioning coaches at private facilities. Uh, we work with sports dietetics and sports nutritionists. So um, definitely grateful to to have that opportunity. You know, I, I, I want to say title of yours would be performance nutritionist, and I and I think there's a bit of a difference there, right? And and tell me. You know, maybe a bit of that. I, 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 on a personal note for myself and some of this, the athletes that you've helped us with, uh, just helping us understand, um, you know, some of the nutrition that's needed for performance, and and our even maybe our daily intakes on some real basics that anybody listening could could do with whatever they have in their fridge or, or uh, pantry today. Yeah, I mean, in my background in, in paramedicine and emergency medicine, I. I learned a lot of information on on health, and I'm going to use health with air quotations because there's not a lot of education and awareness on how powerful quality nutrition and lifestyle interventions can be for health. And I also want to be really clear, and I love that you use the word optimal. A lot of our traditional healthcare model is a paradigm based upon preventing you from being sick. Now. As an athlete um, or any high performer for that matter, sure, not being sick is very important, but in order to perform our best, we need to be optimal. And that means that our food supply, the RDA, so the recommended daily allowance of certain macro and micronutrients is not enough to support these amazing high performers. And I mean, I, I work with a lot of athletes at all levels, but also executives, busy parents, um, entrepreneurs that are running businesses and trying to perform their best. So to, in order to be optimal, we kind of need to do things differently than what you see in mainstream media that supports nutrition. And I'm going to go out there and say it, it's confusing and the wild, wild west when it comes to nutrition. Um, I like to call it, you know, bro science versus real science. So a part yeah. of something that's very important to me is bringing forward real science, dispelling some myths, um, and then also, you know, working in a way that supports optimal levels of health. But let's talk about the bro science side and some of the confusion on that real quick, because I know that with our listeners, we have you know young student athletes uh, to, to some older athletes, but oftentimes their parents, um, other coaches uh, and things like that. And I, and I just wonder, you know, the confusion that they might have in the market. Right. I mean, we all watch you know, a, a sporting network uh, that might have advertisements that are spending millions of dollars in marketing that might be pushing a product that actual reality maybe isn't um, you know optimal for our health it isn't full of maybe natural ingredients or vitamins and minerals and maybe something that parents should be aware of before they start purchasing products yeah so something that you know we've discussed and is available through the prairie hockey academy 
performance line um, is an NSF certified for sport offering. And like, let's speak to NSF certified for sport. Um, if you are an athlete and you're competing in a tested organization, so these organizations include, you know, MLB, NASCAR, Ironman, NHL, NFL, you require NSF certified for sport products. Um, and actually, in in recent years, they've now included uh, personal care products because, of course, our skin is our largest organ. We absorb, um, you know, minerals and and substances through oral ingestion, but also what's put on our skin. So, this database is actually quite vast. It's just shy of um, over 300 banned substances that NSF certified for sport uh, screens for. And that's very important if you're a tested athlete, because of course, if you have a contract, the last thing you want to do is pop and have something you know bad happen to the to the course of your career. Um, I think what's really important to understand, and this is all very important for parents and when we're, we're selecting foods and supplements, um, NSF is one step. You know, they're they're an organizational body. They protect the consumer. Really important. They're not enough. And what's different about you know the products that we've also selected for your athletes and what we do is you know NSF certified for sport products still can contain food dyes that will negatively affect uh, cognitive performance in your brain. They can still contain sucralose, an artificial sweetener or artificial flavors. And when we're, again, when we're talking about health versus optimal health, we, we do want to avoid some of these products. So bit of a difference between, you know, what we're doing is we are sourcing natural sweeteners. We're removing those food dyes because you know, we don't need our drink to be neon blue um, and we're sweetening naturally. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of jokingly say to the, you know, my hockey guys is like blue raspberries don't grow on trees. Um, so no, you're going to be limited to some of the flavors, but you're going to be taking in products that are better for your body. Right. So blue raspberry isn't just where you take the raspberry and stick the blueberry inside it <laughs> and, and eat it together. No. Okay. Um, blue. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, uh, uh, that's that's really good, and I think uh, you're you're right. There's there's a lot of, you know, there's some misinformation in regards to just again the optimal health side and what you're trying to achieve. If we're just trying to onboard liquids to have some hydration, and then then maybe we're not concerned about, um, you know, the, the sugar intake or the or the artificial sweeteners and things that you're taking in. And but if we're really concerned about optimal health, then that's where I think you know. I, one of my favorite products that, that you've you've brought on board for us is is like the electrolyte synergy or what we call hydrate with our prairie performance line and I mean maybe just give me a quick rundown on that I think a it's yeah we have I think four different electrolytes in there but it, but a lot of the minerals and vitamins in there it's almost like an immunity boost as well yeah I mean let's you know not to speak to specific brands or traditional sports drinks but let's do a pretty obvious comparison these are on every sheet of ice in the country you're going to find these traditional sports drinks that are um, full of sugar and again carbohydrate kind of just circling back to that whole myth thing athletes require carbohydrate so in no way are we saying that carbohydrates are bad there's definitely a time and a place there's also a time and a place for easy to digest carbohydrate but refined sugar um, and what we're finding in traditional um, sports drinks and sports beverages 
there's a key differentiator between what we're doing with hydrate versus them. So yeah, we have all of the electrolytes in this product and we have the specific amounts. Um, we can definitely speak to magnesium. Magnesium is a mineral that unfortunately is just not available in our soil and our food supply in adequate amounts. I think it's dropped approximately 60%. So that's staggering. Um, so, and I'm saying, you know, maybe you're a parent or you're an athlete who's really prioritizing a whole food diet, adding in a ton of veggies, a ton of colors, perhaps some nuts and seeds. These are great food sources of magnesium. We are still not getting enough. One of the main obstacles with athletes and nutrition, I mean, there's several, but low appetite and this is just a result of just high training days and like high volume. So appetite goes down, busy schedules, which make it difficult to consume whole foods, right? There's a, a ton and then just pure output. We need to ingest so many more calories than our body is, is uh, burning. And that's difficult as an athlete. This is where like liquid nutrition can be really beneficial but it also requires higher levels of these minerals. We are not getting enough magnesium. So hydrate has 81 milligrams. Um, it has almost two grams of vitamin C. Um, if you're an athlete and you know we're in the summer months now, so maybe you're in your off season and you've sort of put the brakes on a little bit of your activity, but very soon, I mean, we're gonna blink and it's gonna be end of uh, August, September, and you're gonna be back at it. Athletes have difficulty you know, playing consistently because they're injured or because they're sick. And vitamin C can help to support your immune system, but it also can help to support the connective tissues um, that we see so many injuries occurring from in, in the sport of hockey. So it really plays a, a double duty there. And then the other benefit um, are other ingredients like citrus bioflavonoids, which is help vitamin C do its thing, and taurine, which is really great for your vascular system, specifically your heart. Yeah, taurine seems to be like this secret mineral agreement. To me it was, right? But but it has a huge impact on optimal performance. Yeah, taurine, um, I mean, taurine is an amino acid. So, I mean, I, <laughs> you, you and I have chatted offline a ton, Justin, and you know how much I love protein. I think anyone who's listened to me talk knows how much I love protein. So taurine is an amino acid. It's a sulfur-containing amino acid. So we mainly find it in things like meat and seafood. Um, if you are a plant-based eater, Taurine is something that we should really consider. I mean, there's a ton of amino acids that I would say would come before taurine, but taurine would be very important um, if you are more of a plant-based eater. But let's talk about, you know, really where it's going to help from an athletic performance perspective. Um, taurine is the most abundant amino acid in your heart. So when you're thinking about your cardiovascular system, so this could be an older athlete who's perhaps dealing with high blood pressure or anyone for that for that matter, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, taurine is super important. And taurine is also responsible for helping with just general muscle contraction. So this is on or off ice. Taurine can help um, your, your muscles, in fact, work better. So we added a little bit in there um, into the, the hydrate product that you have for, I mean, a ton of different reasons. It's very much a multi-purpose amino acid. Right, right. Really cool. I think uh, maybe we just talk about this. I think this might be another thing that families and, and young athletes are maybe confused by is they'll, they might go to a store to purchase what used to be really popular BCAs, right? Yeah. This idea of a branch chain amino and, and they might still be on that, but, but I think they're missing out. I mean, they're taking something and, and we you spoke with this right at the start about this idea of we, we might 
take a vitamin or we might take a mineral or you might take a supplement, but, but perhaps we're not taking the right one or perhaps we're actually not getting the proper um, you know, absorbency and things like that. But BCAs uh, as opposed to EAs, right? Essential amino acids. Yeah, and that's a big one. Um, in, in the sports science, there's been a ton of studies that have looked at branched chain amino acids. So branched chain amino acids are three specific amino acids. It's leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Now, in order to form a full protein, so amino acids are the building blocks of protein, in order to form a complete protein, we, we need all nine. Um, however, you know, sports, again, let's go to that bro science. Bro science pulled these three amino acids because um, leucine essentially is what signals your body's ability to build muscle. It's called muscle protein synthesis, NPS. Uh, you can also do this by just resistance training or eating adequate protein. And they just thought, hey, cool, this is what signals this muscle building cascade. So let's just give you a ton of, of leucine alone. Well, you know, Mother Nature was smarter than that. There's there's absolutely no protein source that exists that just contains these three amino acids. So when you're taking in BCAAs, just the three, your body's like, uh, where's the other six? So what they end up have they, your body ends up having to do is pull from your amino acid pool to build this full complement of amino acids. Um, we we as in designs for sport and also prairie hockey academy doesn't have a bcaa supplement we have a full complete essential amino acid product so essential amino acids so important if you are looking to build lean muscle if you are looking to detoxify it helps to support neurotransmitter brain chemical production uh, i mean we could argue that anyone that's looking to perform better can benefit from an amino acid product we really should be taking an essential amino acid there hasn't been one published study that has shown that bcaa's alone have the same effect as a full protein really neat and you gave me this tidbit and i just would leave that out there i think um, you know sometimes when you're in a busy day at work um, presenting or, or traveling or anything you just struggle to find like a good lunch right and you're and you're feeling that drain and so you said you know sip on sip on the essential aminos and and i started to do that and just found i don't have that lull um in the afternoons it, it's a bit of a pick-me-up i love coffee but as i turned 40 recently mel i find that coffee after one o'clock actually impacts my sleep now and so that the, the essential meals has been awesome for that and just uh, kind of almost fills in the gap when i'm unable to have a probably a proper lunch right that's exactly what supplements should be supplements should fill the nutritional gaps and voids depending on food availability and schedule so if you're thinking that you know the the amino acid is going to be your be all end all Unfortunately, no. However, can it augment in all of the situations that you just mentioned? Absolutely. Right. And then let's just jump. Through. I mean, uh, protein, right? We talk lots about protein. Um, I think you might have coined the phrase, you know, protein has a face or had a face. Uh, it's, uh, but just this idea of protein, right, in, in regards to we can get protein through plant-based uh, diets as well. We just have to eat a lot of maybe lentils, things like that. Um, but let's talk about the hydrolyzed beef protein that uh, designs for health, designs for sport, and even you know our prairie performance supplements. It's a it's a beef protein. Why beef protein? I, I find that kind of catches people at first, and then they start to hear about it and understand the difference in it and weigh. Um, maybe you could probably tell that better than I can. 
Yeah, I mean, let's first say it doesn't taste like steak in a blender. Um, although I kind of wish it did. And yeah, I mean, protein has a face. It's a it's a dramatic way for me to inform the athletes that I work with on how to actually source good quality protein. You know, you had mentioned a myth, and let's let's talk about the documentary Game Changers, which was a couple years ago. So for the younger athletes, you probably don't remember this one, but um, now I can say back in my day, there was this documentary that came out speaking to plant-based diets that were just the optimal diet for athletes. And then, you know, what ended up happening, and let me just kind of pause here and put a little asterisk. What works for some might not work for all. So, you know, the answer that nutritionists kind of jokingly always use is it depends. And that's because biochemical individuality is a real deal when it comes to nutrition. You know, how you eat isn't going to be how I eat because your body works in a different way than mine or has different needs based on our lifestyles. Um, so like, let's just say that for those that are following a plant-based diet, of course you can augment and you absolutely should in certain areas and it might be working for you. Um, but you know, why plant-based versus uh, animal-based protein? Well, it just really comes down to what's gonna give you a more complete protein without you, to your point, having to eat. I mean, you've gotta eat like six cups of quinoa to get the amount of amino acids, specifically leucine, that really important leucine to build muscle um, from, from a three ounce chicken breast. So, you know, I don't know about you, but based on my schedule, I would much rather have three ounces of chicken versus six cups of quinoa. And that can be divided throughout the day. You need to get that bolus, that like full hit of leucine in that one eating opportunity. So you know, we had the option to bring plant-based proteins like pea protein or rice protein, or maybe, I mean, we have a way, um, but we decided to really highlight the beef one because it's, it's very unique. So um, oftentimes when we have an allergy to, to a food, and I'm not saying like uh, anaphylaxis, your throat is closing, but maybe it makes your stomach not feel so good. Or, you know, we could have a lactose intolerance, which is to the sugar, but oftentimes it can be to the protein in the food. Uh, like a gluten, gluten is the protein in wheat, um, whey is the protein in milk. So not all athletes tolerate whey. Um, it's great to rotate your proteins. The grass-fed beef protein is really unique. Um, it's got a ton of collagen-forming amino acids, so proline and glycine. Again, connective tissue, I'm thinking about knees and ankles, which we see injured often, shoulders, that kind of thing. Um, it also has the bioavailability so big fancy science term for how well your body can just digest and absorb uh, comparable to whey. So if you're someone that doesn't do well with large amounts of milk, um, signs could be running to the bathroom, but it also could be like just an upset stomach, gassy, burpy, bloaty. Oftentimes we see jawline, uh, acne and skin, skin disturbances with uh, whey. Then grass-fed beef could be a great option for you. And then you get all the benefits of really good protein sources that are easier for your stomach to actually handle. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Um, switching gears a little bit, I think uh, with, with some of these knowledges now, I mean, thanks for, you know, obviously the hydration, we, we heard, learned about some essential aminos and, and then protein intake. Uh, you didn't really mention, you know, roughly, I think you've told me before about 30 to 40 grams of protein per um, feeding. Is that kind of what we want to say, like not per meal, because it might be different times you're eating, uh, but uh, something like that. And I, and I guess in leading with that, sometimes it can be hard to eat in the summer. There might be more barbecues or different, we're traveling or we're camping or different pieces. What's some, what are some hacks maybe for our listeners to make sure that they're onboarding, you know, the, enough amount of protein and the supplements they need? Yeah, so 
for everyone listening, it's really easy math on where to get started. And if there's going to be one thing, I call it like the needle mover, one thing that you can do to start optimizing your nutrition um, and is really going to help in kind of all aspects. And we covered on a few when it comes to protein is is take your body weight and aim for one gram per pound of body weight. Now, uh, depending on the athletes and when we have the ability to do body fat percentages or, you know, body composition tests, we would look at lean, lean mass. Um, but just real simple math, you know, one gram per pound, depending on the size that you currently are at or what your ideal body weight would be, um, that could look like anywhere between 30 to 50 grams. Um, I want to say something real specific, and that is like real cool research came out in 2021 when it comes to protein timing. The first eating opportunity of the day what we've seen is this actually, our bodies are primed and require protein at that time. And I wanna say that because um, again, another myth, another trend was this whole like skipping breakfast, intermittent fasting thing. Um, and I think now we know with fact because of this particular circadian rhythm clock that we found, skipping breakfast or skipping the first meal of the day is, is uh, not a good idea for anyone. You might feel like you can function and operate uh, well, but you're likely just running on, an, you know, fumes. You're running on an empty tank. So you do want to equally divide your protein throughout the day. Ideally, you really are primed for protein in the morning. So don't miss that hit. And then use fill in the gaps, use liquid nutrition in the form of essential amino acids or protein powders. If perhaps your lunch meal is a difficult one because you're very much on the road or you're driving or you don't have time or appetite, that could be a good opportunity for liquid nutrition shake and then get a real good whole food meal before you um, at the end of your day. Health trends. I mean, you kind of mentioned one of them and, and maybe I'm going to put you on the spot here and uh, see if you give me an it depends answer or not. But uh, what are maybe some you know, health trends that we're seeing at the moment that, that maybe you don't, you wouldn't recommend, uh, or you'd say, you know, I'd do a little bit more research about your individual health, et cetera, before you jump into that. Yeah. I mean, I think all health trends need to be individualized. So let's use like the ketogenic diet, for example, hugely popular and, um, you know, also a massive opportunity for therapeutic intervention. If you're an epileptic, I mean, that's what the ketogenic diet really started out as. It, it was it helped to uh, reduce seizures um, and and prevent that. If you are dealing with um, you know a cancer uh, and and starving sugar and lowering you know insulin levels, if you have non-alcoholic fatty liver, so you're quite overweight and looking to lose a significant amount of weight. I mean that might not be the people that are listening to this call right now. And you know again, if you've tried this low carb thing and you're not one of those people and you felt crummy on a ketogenic diet, that's probably why. You know if you're an athlete, you burn sugar your body this is a really cool study is that you know even in like a very low carbohydrate state um and if you you adapt yourself to this fat adapted way of eating and you eat some carbohydrates the body's going to burn carbs first so we know that is the main fuel source we should never be using protein as a fuel source that's like starvation so really the two two fuel sources we have to manipulate are fats and carbohydrate. And for an athlete and to perform our best, we in fact need both. So I would say a major trend that I've seen a lot of my athletes do, and you know, unfortunately, 
uh, not experience positive results is lowering carbohydrate. One of my goalies, we were working together and just last week, um, it was, he was on the road, he's traveling to see his skills coach and didn't get the carbohydrates. And, and what he said when he finally got some carbs, and I'm going to say that this was actually in the form of a burger. Um, so, you know, sometimes there's, again, there's a time and a place for quick nutrition. He said, the lights went on in my brain. Um, so just really remembering that, and you know, there's a ton of trends that we, I mean, every time I open up Instagram or some form of social media, I learn so much from my clients. They show me these detox fads and ketogenic this, or, you know, miracle pill that, um, just operating here's where we can all dominate. And then there might be individual ways of eating that perhaps you can adopt, optimize your protein intake. That's number one eat a whole food diet. That's number two. Don't over or under eat. That's number three. Then everything else after that is nuanced. That's really good. And I, I mean, thank you for that. I think there, there is so much out there, right? That we read and we watch TV and we see um, social media. I think, you know, one, one trend I often see, and I'm not, I'm not here to say, you know, shame on parents or anything in that way. I think it's just a matter of its education for us, but we, when I played even, there was this idea of, um, uh, you know, whether it was ephedrines, you know, 20 years ago or um, Red Bulls came out and people were crushing Red Bulls. And, I, and now I, I still see young athletes, um, let's even say under the age of 12, uh, drinking a Red Bull pre prior to a, to a sporting event. And, and I just wonder, you know, what, uh, you know, families, maybe, maybe the parent or the athlete's looking for a bit of an edge or a bit of a jump, but... Uh, Again, I just think it's you know we don't we don't intentionally do stuff to harm or harm anybody, but it's like hey, what, you know what kind of impact, what kind of education could we have to make a better decision, right? And maybe there's something there that you know as as young athletes and as parents are taking, they're driving their kid, maybe it's a hockey player, they're driving him to a training camp to try out for a team here in late August, um, and uh, what you know what should they be looking at today to just to give their student athlete a bit of an edge. I love that you spoke to stimulants. Um, the athletic population, sort of that alpha A type, and again, this is whether your performance is physical in sport or perhaps more cognitive mental if, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner, uh, we rely on stimulants for performance. And, and you know, obviously we have, we. I, I love coffee. I mean, you can't see it. I've got like a chemical structure of caffeine tattooed to my shoulder. Love coffee, right? <laughs> Amazing. Um, however, again, back to that excess, uh, not a good thing. So, and we find that with student athletes, it's like, okay, well, yeah, sure. They're reaching for those stimulants, whether that be sugar or caffeine or stimulants of other types through energy drinks, because the energy availability isn't there. Um, one of the biggest obstacles for youth athletes, and this is something really important for parents to understand if there's one thing that they take away from this talk is that um, you know, low energy availability or relative energy deficiency in sport, red S, that's a big deal. Um, a lot of our student athletes are undernourished and overtrained. And we have food availability everywhere, right? I mean, I could pick up my phone right now and have something delivered to my home. Um, so there is no lack of food, but we all, we are undernourished and that we're not taking in good quality food. So if you're finding that your student athlete is, is, uh, slowing down that their recovery time is less, that they're, they're just not there. Um, perhaps they're, they're more tired than they usually are. They don't need more coffee. This isn't a coffee deficiency or an energy deficiency. This is like a food, a fueling issue. Um, and then again, also that is sleep is king. 
So for, for the parents on the call, just getting in good nutrition, how do you do this when you're driving around here, there, and everywhere? Um, obviously, we talked protein and how important protein is. Protein makes you very full. Um, so I also want to lean on the idea of adding in performance fats. So protein has a calorie of, of four calories per gram. That's like a calorie payload of four. Fat has a calorie payload of nine calories per gram. So if you're a parent thinking, well, I don't know how to get more energy into my kid, start with performance fats. Also, they taste good, right? So this could be in the form of like some trail mix. I, there's a couple of really great bars out there that are real clean and they're like higher in the nuts and seeds and nut butters. I really lean on those. Um, start there before you're reaching for uh, some sort of a stimulant type product. Two questions. One, as you've worked with like pro athletes in different sports, what have you seen the biggest nutritional change or adaptation that they've made from like their junior hmm. career to their pro career? What, like what, what's the hack that they've done nutritionally to help them become a better pro or even just to get to the pro ranks? Yeah, this one has been actually not what I expected because I'm so attached to like, get your protein and fuel properly. But in fact, what I've seen, particularly with my hockey as they've leveled up, is I've developed this hydration protocol. So we do a personal hydration protocol. You might be a heavy salt sweater. You also might just be a heavy sweater. How you replenish the fluids based on those two individual circumstances is massive. And for whatever reason, I'm working with like a ton of goalies and what that's allowed them to be able to do is from like the third period on not go like, Meow, and they're finally able to like sustain that energy throughout the game. So it's actually salt believe it or not, it's just getting them, we, we add in a good hydration product, uh, we add in additional salt depending on their needs. And then I have this like protocol that I do to find out how much fluid they lose. And I give them a specific amount of fluid to, to rehydrate uh, themselves with. And that seemed to really take their, um, their performance to the next level. That's great advice. And then the second one, I mean, Outside of the top league in every sport, so like Major League Baseball, the NHL, NFL, where those guys are chartering flights and they're nutritionists to have them all dialed in, mm -hmm. everyone else below that is on their own. You know, so we're coming up to a season where if you're in minor hockey, you've got long road trips. You know, in Saskatchewan, your closest road trip for a 10-year-old might be, you know, two and a half hours to Yorkton. But on a junior team, like if you're playing in Brandon, your closest game is going to be five hours away in, in Regina. So we're spending a ton of time on the bus, especially even with our academies. We're going to Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg, mm -hmm. a lot of time on the bus. So what are some hacks for, we'll call it the, like the, the academy level player, the, the grassroots players, what, what are some hacks that they can have on that front? Yeah, that's huge. And obviously like we, we need to understand that sleep's gonna be compromised in that scenario. So the first thing that I would do um, is really work on, so when it comes to sleep, of course, magnesium is super helpful before, and, and you know, as Justin mentioned, that kind of moved the needle for him. Before that, I focus on light. 
on that bus. I want like your phone on red. Uh, we're getting a sleep mask, obviously, depending on when travel is happening. And we're going to make sure that we support your sleep as best as we possibly can, considering the ever changing conditions. And then I equip my players with just so much information on um, how they can properly eat. So it's just it's packing food, it's travel and road snacks. And it's also what can I find on the road that's a better choice. Like the best story was my one of my NFL players. Um, I can't say which team, but you know, a very uh, well established team, well established player. After chatting with him about travel, sent me a text that said, "So I I was in this gas station and I just realized like I can't eat well at a gas station." And I'm just like, "You are a grown ass man. How are we learning this now?" But like you know, that's really what we have available. So I do things like beef jerky, um, trail mix, uh, like mixes, these pre, uh, pre-packaged protein packets where you can just rip it off and throw, you know, that in a water bottle and create a shake and just equip them with all the tools, how to order from a burger or like fast food restaurant, because they're going to, right? Like if Subway is the only thing available, let's make Subway really good. Um, in that situation, control what we can control. So sleep and just adequate fueling for when they are on the road. Um, and then we kind of just, you know, we bless the rest and let it go is kind of my thought there. Yeah, Mel, I mean, just in, in that, you've often talked, when you, you travel over, you know where Karenport is, you've been here, you put on a workshop, uh, it, was, it was wonderful. But I think, you know, at that workshop, I remember you just talked about, I mean, you were eating beef jerky and a couple of things like that. And you just said, well, when, I, when you feel optimal and you know what that feels like, you don't want to go the other way. Um, and, you know, maybe clarify that and what you said exactly. Yeah, I mean, so when we eat a diet of processed refined foods, um, the fructose and other crap that's in that food lowers our leptin levels. And leptin is that um, hormone that makes you feel full. And we know that, right? If you drink a, a pop with like liquid fructose in it, you can easily overeat. Um, and there's no wonder why. But then you're also like hungry in a couple of hours. Um, so when you, and it takes some time, when you remove some of those chemical foods and start shifting to more whole foods, you, you feel your brain light up, you feel your body respond better. And we, I think a lot of us are sitting in what we feel is normal levels of energy and performance, which is just our normal. And um, started making that transition and starting to incorporate in better foods, you start to feel athletes are the perfect example. An athlete can eat like a meal for the most part and they know how their body is gonna respond. They're gonna see how they skate that day. They're gonna see what their energy is like and they'll be able to make that connection. That's really fantastic for an athlete. A lot of us that don't have that high level of performance, we're like, eh, I'll just have some more coffee and I'll deal with it. So it's well worth like slowly starting to shift and adding in those those foods. And yeah, I mean, it's funny, I'm heading to eight hours northeast of me tomorrow and I'm going to purchase, you know, a ton of trail mix, a ton of um, my, like the specific beef jerky that doesn't have sugar in it. I'm going to make sure that I'm well prepared. Oftentimes we fail because we haven't planned. Right, right. That's good. Thank you, Mel. I think uh, this has been great. I, I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. And I know that you've shot a few videos for us at, at Prairie Hockey Academy and for our Prairie Performance. And so we'll we'll make sure those get put up in like some real formats and things on, on Instagram and YouTube shorts. And uh, that way, if uh, some of our listeners enjoyed what you had to say, you've got like a, you know, a, a nutrition 101, it's about five minutes long. There's one on protein. We have one on hydrate where I think you're able to go a little bit deeper than what we could even do today. Um, and I would just say like, 
you talked about executives and and others um, in the you know in the working profession, not just athletes that you've worked with that make shifts happen. And and I'm sitting here, I can put my hand up that I'm that I'm one of those and can say, I mean, you helped revolutionize my sleep. I was, I was. I can't say I was undernourished, but I was definitely underslept and and uh, was struggling with that. And just you know, I, finding a baseline of where I was short in my minerals was a was a big start. And that was you know, magnesium was a big one for me, and and that helped me sleep a lot better. And so thank you for that. But as other listeners can uh, maybe just tell us a little bit where they can contact you if they have more information and can look into uh, maybe just helping out maybe their young athlete or maybe themselves. Yeah, for sure. I would say the best way to reach me would be through my my socials. Um, so it's make shifts happen with underscores underneath each word. So make yeah. underscore shifts underscore happen. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, this was really good. And I, I would I would just encourage listeners that if you have questions, I mean, leave a comment uh, as well in our at our podcast and we might just uh, love to have Mel back on again sometime in the future. Thank you everyone. My mind was blown. There's so much information and yeah. um, I've, I've probably heard some of that stuff over the past um, that Melissa was talking about on the nutrition front, but there's so much there to dig into. And, and I, I really hope people go back and replay and replay and replay and just pick out small pieces. Don't like, don't try to, that's like drinking from the fire hydrant. If you're going to try and make all those changes overnight, like you right. got to take some of those in pieces, right? Yeah, 100%. I even think just the hydration side to start with that, right? Right. Like, let's pick what we're drinking. Let's yeah. ha- how are we hydrating? Let's keep our let's keep ourselves yeah. just as we're out doing yard work and mowing the lawn and things like that. Hydrate as well and keeping our energy levels up and then and our athletes. But yeah, just those decisions we can make is a good place to start. And there's a lot, but yeah. that science changes all the time. And um, and Mel's kind of at the cutting edge of it, and she's presenting at different academies. And yeah, um, it's pretty neat. For sure. So. Talk about our alumni, the Royden Taylor golf tournament was on uh, on monday yeah. celebrated uh, a great day at the hillcrest golf course with some great people and yeah. uh you know yeah. this is our <laughs> alumni segment and it's the sixth year of the Royden taylor golf tournament We're coming up to the seventh year of prairie hockey academy you know entering the the, the season in september mm-hmm. um it was so awesome to see all those alumni let's talk about them yeah it was a blast uh just a nice prairie summer day right like uh from the mid 80s <laughs> almost it almost touched 40 or at least it felt like 40 and goes yeah. 37 38 yeah and you uh, needed rocks in your pocket from that wind blowing you around yeah, too. Like it, was, it was wild it was wild but it was hot and the people had a great attitude uh we had 136 golfers um completely sold out uh tournament 136 that participated 36 though or 37 of those were were actually alumni so That's awesome. uh, i thought it was really neat right you see yeah. your 60 year you see these guys coming back now and, and starting to to participate in and give back again. So that was really encouraging. Peterson Heritage Farms title sponsor again, sixth time in a row uh, for the Royden Taylor Golf Classic. Pretty pretty neat. Um, they've got a great connection to it. Hal Anderson Source of Sports. I mean, our partner up at in Saskatoon for a lot of our apparel and, and supplies that we purchased from them. Uh, but they came to the table big. I mean, we, they gave up they gave away I think eighteen to twenty thousand dollars worth of prizes and gifts and yeah. about thirty five thousand dollars worth of prizes and gifts given away in total on the course and. It was just a, it was a fun day. Yeah. Uh, had a blast. So for sure. Actually, the first time ever we've raised over $40,000 at yeah. that event for our BCA financial aid program we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it, it's just fantastic. Not just to, I mean, it, the, the genesis is to raise funds for the financial aid part of it, but I think that the bigger part is just everyone coming back together and, and yeah. you know, old stories of 
days gone by and yeah. and you know with our older alumni and then with our newer alumni just have just being able to sort of be a bystander and, and fly on the wall and watch all that happen all yeah. day was so awesome. I was buzzing around the course. It was kind of the course marshal and just yeah. seeing everyone have so much fun and all the contests are on each hole. Um, yeah, it was. I can't. I'll, I can't wait till next year again. Like it, I wish it was weekly. That I we know could do this <laughs> that period between registration and tee off, like that two-hour block in there, is like my favorite time of the year. Yeah, um, it's my favorite two hours, and it's become my kids' favorite two hours. They just they find the excitement, buzz. It's like going, you know, to the, the local fair or something, right? Yeah. There's just it's a lot of fun. The music's playing, people yeah. are happy. There's pictures happening, and old alumni coming together and hugging each other and roommates and. Yeah. You're good. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really fun. And we look to ramp it up next year. I think uh, there's some excitement even towards next year. And mm-hmm. and uh, seeing the seventh year of it happen, we're going to take it to a new level. So we'll make sure everyone stays you know, yeah. in touch and, and aware of what's going to happen. We'll do our part over the next month or two here to really get some of those dates locked down. But uh, next year is going to be really special. We look forward to announcing some of those details soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of alumni, um, we want to talk about one of our alumni. We'll highlight him today, Chase mm-hmm. Coward. Like, uh, yeah. You know, we just got back from uh, Minnesota Wilds, uh, you know, rookie camp at the, you know, obviously at the NHL level. It wasn't his, that wasn't his journey. That wasn't his adventure three, four years ago. Um, You know the story well. Can you kind of give us some insights on on Chase's, uh, you know, journey to to the pro ranks? For sure, yeah. I mean, just incredible young man that just showed a... Showed a high level of work ethic and perseverance through through things. And while he was here at Prairie Hockey Academy, you could see there was something special about him, right? And he was listed by the Red Deer Rebels, went on to play. Um, I think he was the third best goaltender in the Western Hockey League two seasons ago. Uh, he was uh, one of he was shortlisted one of four uh, goaltenders to be one of three down to the last four at the you know Team Canada World Junior uh, Selection Camp and. Prior to going to that, he was invited to the Buffalo Sabres development camp and the the, uh, the medical team there. In uh, consultation with him, didn't pass a physical. Uh, right. Found he had some hip issues, and uh, that kept him out away from the World Junior Camp and being a chance to be a gold medalist on the Canada's World Junior Club, and um, put him at a crossroads and didn't know what to do. And um, they didn't really have a solution for him. He couldn't pass a physical, couldn't maybe play pro, sign a pro contract, and so he uh, came and approached us and joined us on our U16 prep coaching staff last year with Lauren Mullikin, and it was a real treat. And you know when he showed up here with mm-hmm. us, um, it wasn't doom and gloom. Right. It wasn't uh, head down. Yeah. You know, um, what was me? It was, it was he back to Chase Coward, right? It was yeah, it like, was unreal to yeah. see him just being, and, yeah. watching film and filming practice and bringing some of that pro yeah. Western League experience into our ice times. It was <laughs> like, okay, yeah. young man's got it. Like he's taking it up a notch here. We got to kind of follow, follow in, his, uh, yeah. in his wake a little bit. It was. It was really good to see. And then, he, you know, we got a great phone call, um, you know, early November, I think it was, or late October, and just something we didn't expect, and he didn't expect, yeah. and just that they found a, a solution for his hips, and away they went, and so he whisked off third week of November, I think, got his first hip, second week of December, got his second hip done, rehabbed like crazy up in Edmonton, and uh, started. You know, he yeah. told everyone he was going to start. Uh, nobody really believed him. He yeah. worked. And, you know, there was a couple things that happened that made it possible. Found himself starting for the Red Deer Rebels at the end of the year. Got to start a couple of playoff games as well, and and just yeah. <laughs> incredible story. Yeah. Um, and the Minnesota Wild picked up on it, yeah. and they recognized here's a guy. He's got good size, good goaltender. He's persevered through this. Yeah. Maybe has things figured out, and uh, they brought him to the development camp again this year. And I think he had a great camp. Got to participate in it because the Buffalo one, he, I don't believe he did. Right. So this yeah. was he actually got to participate and. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Yeah. I'm excited for his season here as a 20 year old and where where it'll take him and. Yeah. Um, I think the key with Chase is just, again, incredible attitude that he's, and he, 
he's earned that attitude. He's chosen to develop that attitude and that that mindset. Um, as a young, fourteen-year-old boy, you know, he wasn't as strong, you know, mentally, right. and he's really worked on that, and it's become a strength in his game, that side of it, and the perseverance side, and so it's got a bright future. I'm yeah. excited for him. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Great story of one of our alumni that spent uh, spent some time in a PHA outfit and, and yeah. really you know groomed and, and, and loved some of that development that happened in his life to help him develop as a, a leader on and off the ice. And right. We also see in our Prairie Performance Program through the summertime, we got a, a slew of alumni that are back there and they're actually bringing some of their friends with them. They're saying, hey, like the things that Dustin Friesen's doing with us in this training and, and yeah. Trey and whatnot and how they've built this program for us, yeah. using some of the resources from Gary Roberts and Aiden Velocity and their training program and how that stuff tailed together. Um, let's talk about our alumni and, and what Prairie Performance is doing for them. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And, and at Mel, I mean, Mel is just on our on our call here, so right. she's played a big part in that too. And with our with our supplements we have on the table here, and hearing some of those guys just talk about the clean the cleanliness of these supplements and how their bodies feel, right? right. And, uh, Dustin does a really good job of just uh, some of his training. I mean, a lot of it's learned through his you know years of professional hockey and, and leadership there, and then yeah, through Adrian's influence and the Gary Roberts team, you know, just building that that single leg piece uh, first. And so Dustin's really keen on that that core, the single leg, and uh, building up um, until where you're able to lift heavier and really develop the strength to go. And I think guys are seeing some transitioning in their strides. Um, right. You know, hearing lots of feedback that way positively and. I think we're over 60 athletes now in that Prairie Performance Program, and it's uh, we're in the second half of it now. So we had three weeks on. We took a week off, a real good recovery week for everybody, uh, which some I think some of the athletes used to fight that recovery week. Yeah, but it's so key. Right, right now they recognize that they're they're back. They're um, you know, last yesterday I was told it was a really good day. They just came back energized. Yeah. They're ready to go. They put the work in really hard, and yeah. then they will get a rest day again. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they recognize that it's not about just the hustle, this idea of we've got to hustle more than the next guy and work out harder than the next guy right. and longer. Yeah. It's about actually doing the work when you're there and then getting proper rest and recovery. Right. And rest I hard as well. Rest hard as well, yeah. And Dustin's really done a great job of um, implementing that mindset into them, and I think we're seeing some good fruit. Hmm. Good yeah. stuff. Well, that's a, a great segment. I love talking about our alumni. And uh, yeah. as the year comes up, we're going to have you know another close to 80 student athletes coming in here in September. And I can't wait to see their journey and their adventure in sport yeah. as they've gone from grassroots, you know, onto some rep hockey, um, and now you know coming to the academy level of play. So, yeah. this is uh, a great segment that I look forward to each week talking about some of our alumni. Uh, we'll come back after the break, and we'll talk about Grandpa B's story time on all things nutrition. Okay. Welcome back from the break. Uh, Grandpa B story time, episode three. I know each of these stories, we, uh, we look to tie into our, our guest uh, speaker and what they were here about. So Mel talked about nutrition. Um, and I, I hear you got some good nutrition stories. So let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how do you travel and eat well? Let's hear, let's hear the stories. There was half the team was NCAA female hockey players. Another half was like mid AAA um, U sport caliber players and we, yeah. we put this team together to go to Kazakhstan, of all places, one of my favorite countries in the world. Okay. I've done a lot of work there over the years and um, man, that there could be a movie just on, on that trip alone about all the chaos of lost plane tickets and lost luggage and I mean when we got there, of course, like our, our best player's equipment didn't show up and it, it arrived when we landed back in Moscow on the way home. Of course, mysteriously, it's like, oh, here's your hockey bag, by the way. And you're kind of like, oh, this conspiracy theory is going on. But our entire stick bag disappeared. 
And when we got there, so then they were like, we, we can't play. So they found us a whole bunch of old Titan, like remember the red? Yeah, yeah. Shafted, white blade. Yeah, wieners. Like yeah. Yeah. 100-pound sticks. Yeah. That's what we had to play <laughs> with in this tournament. Like it was, the girls adapted. They were brilliant throughout the whole part of it. And we, we traveled, we went and we had about three or four different cities in Kazakhstan, started in El Madi and went up to Oskaman and over to Karaganda and finished in Astana. And it's, okay. you know, Kazakhstan's a big country, not as big as Canada or Russia, but it's in size. It, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, a thousand kilometers of driving mm. that would take 24 hours because the roads were that bad. Okay. And so it was, it was, a, it was an adventure uh, to get to places. And of course, in between, these, these players were going back to play on their Olympic teams, right? There was the three, three U.S. players that were on the Olympic team, NCAA programs that are going back to, and like big programs like at Wisconsin and Harvard and Yale. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were dialed in on their nutrition. Even there was a, a couple of them that got together and said, we don't know what we're going to eat, so we're going to prepare ahead of time, and we'll put all of our clothes in your suitcase and we're gonna take our own nutrition and oh. put it in the other suitcase. Yeah. So they, they planned ahead. So. so all the meals that we were having, if they liked it, great, they would engage with us, and if not, they would just excuse themselves and have their own package of beef jerky and whatever else. Yeah. But in one of the journeys from Oost uh, Kamenogorsk to Astana, it's, again, about 700 kilometers, it was gonna take us a whole day uh, because the roads and, you know, we try to plan and you stop on the side of the road and buy some fruit from the vendors and whatever else. But at the end of the day, the trip got long and the girls were starved. And um, so we just told the bus driver, wherever, like anything, like any kind of remote gas station, wherever we can stop at, we have to eat, we have to get fed here. I'd been to Kaz on previous uh, journeys and knew sort of what you should eat and what you should not eat. And when we got into this, I mean, this... It looked like a, a, a gas station out of a horror movie. <laughs> like the, it, it wasn't, I don't even know if the, it pumped gas, but it had a building, it was advertising, like it had a Coke sign out front that you could come in and eat something. And there was outhouse, like legit outhouse for their bathrooms. And there yeah. was livestock chained up outside. Like their, their front legs were chained to their back legs because there was no fences built. So that's how they contained their, their livestock. So I'm, I'm talking about that's how primitive this part of the we were at the time. So in my mind, I'm like, there's no way there's fresh food. There's no, I don't even see where there's power, like to, to cook it, to freeze any, like preserve any, yeah. like any food. So we get in, and uh, Georgian chicken was a special on the menu. Well, the girls were just like, this is awesome. Like Georgian chicken, it sounds delicious. I'm looking around and seeing there's no resources to, like, there's no chickens around here. Like there's, you know, horses and cows chained up, but there's no chickens. So I order the pierogi dish, the pemnieli. And all the other girls, including my wife, they all ordered the Georgian chicken. And I'm, I'm enjoying my meal, and all of a sudden, five minutes into the meal or less, uh, there's screaming, and there's yelling, and there's girls running out the front door and back door, throwing up, and just, it was, it, it was crazy, because as they dug into their Georgian chicken, they, they cut into the meat and realized that there was a spine on this meat. Well, chickens don't have spines. And uh, they realized that Georgian chicken was not Georgian chicken. And so um, that's, a, that's a story that I will never forget of all these world-class, Olympic-level NCAA youth sport athletes running out, throwing up. <laughs> and just when one threw up, the next one threw up. And oh, it was man. absolute chaos. So did you find out what Georgian chicken was? Uh, we, we didn't want to ask, but the, 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 um, 
It it was roadkill 101. Like it, whatever they could find to kind of disguise it as as chicken was hmm. in there, and yeah. So I, I don't know if any of those women eat chicken today. <laughs> they yeah. might have wow. some flashback memories from that, right? So what an experience, right? And that's I, I suppose um, you know that's that's travel when you go to to different yeah. different countries and uh, back roads and different yeah. things. And now we got fed some fantastic yeah. meals. So I'm, yeah. Kazakhstan's a beautiful country, and don't. Yeah. Don't not go and visit Kazakhstan because of the Georgian, Georgian chicken, chicken meal. Yeah. Um, I think I want to share this story just in terms of the adaptability um, is, you know, knowing knowing where you're going, try to plan the best that you can. And sometimes yeah. it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't work out. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 So uh, food selection, though, is key, right? Just like Mel told us. So yeah. in your scenario, uh, understanding what you should select on the menu is really key. Kind of yeah. like as she said, go to Subway and you got to know what you want to order. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Well, it's been a great episode, Justin. Uh, really, the, um, you know, coming up in, in next week's episode, we've got Scott King coming in. He's our skills coach. He's a coach with the Musha Warriors. Yeah. His dad, obviously a legendary NHL coach and his coach around the world, Dave King. Um, I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. episode and um, and just, you know, maybe maybe even dovetailing some of the, the stories on nutrition into his experience when he played over in Europe and whatnot right. too. So who knows what we're going to get into. Kinger's got a ton of stories yeah. and look forward to having him on the next episode. Yeah, good luck getting to talk about hockey. I think he's just going to be talking about the lake and wakeboarding and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Scott will be fantastic and he's been with us since uh, year one and so he's got some great stories and can really talk about even some of these alumni and what he's seen in their game. Yeah. Um, even, you know, coaching the Mushtel Warriors and seeing some of the guys compete against them. Right, absolutely. Be great. Yeah. So, awesome. Good stuff. So we're, we're thankful. We're, uh, it's our third, this is our third episode. Looking forward to continue building it. And uh, if you have a chance to, to hit the like button and, and uh, subscribe to our channels, all those, those yeah. other things, all that stuff helps us, you know, continue to engage people. And, and so we look forward to, to growing that audience. And, and if you do have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us. Or if there's topics that people want to talk about, we'd love to, you know, it's not just, we don't want to just keep... Yep. hammering away at our points so if people have some things that they want to ask about on the guide and provide segment or you got some story about some of our alumni um, or even like I said some of our, our hosts or guests that are coming up like uh, Kinger um, you know how can people engage with that so look forward to hearing from from audience and continue to grow this podcast <laughs>